We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Twenty minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I am so incredibly excited to be joined by the extremely talented Sam Munson, the PFF lead NFL analyst and co-host of the Pro Football Focus NFL show. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, I've been a fan of your work for an incredibly long time and uh, super happy to be talking to you today. How the heck are you doing? Doing well, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. So obviously lots to discuss with this Packers team, and I really want to get your insight on a plethora of different topics. But before we get there, 10.42 a.m., November 28th, 2022, last year, a quote from you on Twitter, the potential symmetry of a few good performances from Jordan Love causing Green Bay to move on from Rodgers at a time when the Jets could really use a quarterback is like a full glitch in the matrix. Speaking of glitches in the matrix, how did you know, what did you know, and how did you know Aaron Rodgers was you know, going to become a member of the New York Jets back on November 28th of last year? Yeah, I, I didn't know a damn thing other than this. it was lining up, right? It right. Very strange how early on this kind of became clear that, that it was a possibility of reliving the Favre thing over and over again from step one, right? From Rogers spending a couple of years kind of dithering about whether he was going to come back, whether he was going to extend the deal or not. And then eventually the team being the ones that kind of made the decision and going, all right, enough. Like, that's it. We've seen, we've seen a flash from the guy that's been waiting, the first round pick that's been waiting in the wings we're making the call for you. We're going to go in a different direction. You know, good luck to you. And then the team being waiting there for that, you know, Hall of Famer um, that's that's suddenly available being the Jets and making that happen. It was just so bizarre how completely that arc was just going to get redone and and how 
really early into it, it became obvious that like, hang on, this is a possibility that this might happen. Yeah, the amount of symmetry between the two scenarios is beyond insane. And it goes, I mean, so deep that it's just, it's beyond crazy. But yeah, as you mentioned, back on November of last year, like you could already see some of the, you know, pieces coming together and then they get Nathaniel Hackett. And it's just like, it, you could see it all coming together very, very quickly. And of course, it didn't come together quickly. It took some time, but it ultimately right. got done. That's obviously been a huge part of this Packers and Jets offseason. A huge part of the NFL offseason is Aaron Rodgers going from the Packers to the Jets just your sort of, you know, overall take on the Packers offseason, but more specifically the Aaron Rodgers trade, how Green Bay did with that trade and just kind of the overall decision to kind of ship him off to New York. Yeah, I mean, the decision to to kind of move on, I think, I don't think anybody can really argue with that one way or the other. You know, they're the team that has seen Jordan Love. They're the team who had to eventually make that call and they just decided, right, now's the time. So that's fine. They, they they went in that direction. And I don't think you can really have a particularly strong opinion one way or the other. Um, right. Well, then it became interesting because, you know, Rogers comes out on, on McAfee or whatever it was and is saying, you know, I, I want to be a Jet now, right? So now neither side has any leverage in this negotiation, right? Rogers has said he wants to go. Um, the Packers have basically said they want to get rid of him. And the Jets desperately want him. So you know, nobody has any kind of leverage because the worst thing that could have happened is the trade collapses. And now Rogers wants to come back to green Bay who have already effectively moved on from him and said, no, we want to get rid of you. That would have been a disaster <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. Um, so both teams were involved in this really fascinating game of chicken where neither team had any leverage, right? But eventually somebody was going to blink and it, it was the jets and the jets ultimately ended up being the team that went, we got to make this happen and we got to make it happen now. And the, the discipline, I guess, of Green Bay not blinking and, and staying the course netted them really quite an impressive trade haul for a guy, you know, that they had decided they wanted rid of and wanted to trade away to this, this team that desperately needed him. So I think Green Bay won that trade simply by, you know, having the discipline to wait it out and to, to play that game of chicken. Um, but from a sort of fundamental point of view, you know, the Jets should be dramatically better than they were um, last year i mean they almost made the playoffs should have made the playoffs with the worst quarterback situation in the nfl now you're adding a, a hall of famer to that and i would imagine a hall of famer that's going to play better than he did last year because um, you know receivers are better all those kinds of things um the defense is still really good like there's a lot to like about this jets team so from that point of view i think you know it, it, it was all they could have done if they wanted to be a real contender yeah, I, I certainly don't, uh, you know, disparage the Jets for making that move. And like just seeing Aaron Rodgers already, he looks a million times more motivated this year than he did you right. know, at any point last year. I have no doubt he's going to go out and have a very fantastic season. And if you're a potential player away, you've got to make that move, especially when you're a GM and a coach that's sort of in a precarious spot. You had the opportunity to draft a quarterback early. It didn't work out with Zach Wilson and they needed to make a drastic move and they made it. But I'm with you. I thought Brian Gutekinds did a really great job getting squeezing everything out of that deal that he possibly could have given the circumstances, knowing that they were going to trade him away, knowing that he wanted to be a jet and given some of the leverage, you know, just craziness that was in that situation, thought he did a really nice job. And now hopefully setting green Bey up after two trades back to back seasons of Devonte Adams for a first and a second. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers for basically, uh, you know, moving up in the first get, grabbing a second and then a likely first round pick next year. Um, I wanted to follow up with you though, on the, obviously this off season for green Bay. So they move Aaron away. 
Jordan obviously becomes the guy at wide receiver. They add no veteran. They lose Randall Cobb. They lose Alan Lazard. They obviously move forward with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Murray Toure. They grab a bunch of guys in the draft, which we'll talk about as well. That tight end, two guys through the draft. They lose Mercedes. They lose Robert Tunyon, both to Chicago Bears. We learned to, today that Mercedes is going to Chicago. Um, but your thoughts on what Green Bay did this offseason, not necessarily surrounding Jordan with immediate talent and more, I guess, more you know, rookie talent than veteran known talent. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know a lot of times we look at at teams and when they don't do something um, without sort of understanding what they tried to do. And I, I would be really interested if we got you know a completely unfiltered sort of access behind the scenes with Green Bay. You know how many phone calls did they make to explore trades? Because right. this was a tough year to need a wide receiver. Like if they looked at this offseason and said Jordan loves the guy now, we're getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, we're getting some good stuff in from a trade. Um, but we really need to find this guy a number one receiver, right? And there aren't any in, available in free agency. You know, the best receiver in the market was either Juju or uh, Jacoby Myers, depending on how you rank those two guys. Neither one, like they've both been criticized for not being that number one receiver in the past. Um, you know, the draft, everyone was looking at this and saying, you know, I like some of these guys, but none of them are number one receivers. Whether your top guy was JSN going to Seattle, Jordan Addison to, to Minnesota. Um, Quentin Johnson to, to the Chargers, like nobody loved these guys to the point of saying that's a top 10 number one receiver. So you could easily be looking at this entire offseason and say there is there isn't a number one wide receiver available in the conventional sense. But you have Cincinnati who haven't got a deal done with T Higgins yet. You know, maybe a phone call could could prize him loose. You've got San Francisco or at some point are going to have to pay Brandon Ayuk, you know, Maybe a first round pick would entice them to trade him away. Like there's a few guys like that that could have been available equally. They may have made all those phone calls and at every step of the way been told not a chance. Forget about it. We're not moving that guy. Right. So right. without knowing that part, it's it's hard to really analyze um, whether they went about that. I think if they didn't explore those types of trades, it would have been remiss. You know, that would have that would be a problem, I think, if they didn't even try and do that if they did and they, they simply weren't able to find an avenue for a, a true proven or good bet on a number one wide receiver, then I like what they did to kind of opt to, to mitigate that, which is let's just focus on youth and let's load up and double dip, you know, at positions and try and kind of maximize the chances that this collection of really young pass catchers can be something, you know, and, we saw last season Christian Watson came on really strong towards the end of the year. I tweeted a couple of days ago. Like, I don't think the Romeo Dobbs hype from a year ago was entirely without substance. I think he can be a player. It's just that the hype from a year ago set unrealistic expectations. You know, we went into the season going, well, this guy's going to be the next, he's going to be the number one. Forget right. Christian Watson. Like Dobbs did some nice things. And I think maybe this year could be even better. And if the two of those guys together take a big step, that's significant. Then you pair that with the, you know, the two tight ends that they drafted Musgrave and, and, and Kraft. And now you, you know, there's a pretty good chance that that group ends up being certainly better than it was a year ago and, and good enough for a guy like Jordan Love to, to work with. Yeah. One of the things I'm most pleased with is that at least knock on wood so far, they didn't go the route of adding a player like a Sammy Watkins who was probably not going to bring a ton to the table and was likely just going to snipe snaps from guys like Dobbs and Watson and Toure and Reed and all these young, talented players. I'd so much rather 
Jordan and these receivers and these young tight ends develop together rather than trying to go out and get one of these veteran players that's not going to be playing at a high level and isn't going to help you long-term. So I'm at least bullish that that's the direction that they went through with this. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think fundamentally, unless you were going to add, you know, a, a proven really good veteran, like number one, there's not an awful lot of point in finding a guy that's barely viable or is going to cost a huge amount of money to be, you know, a, a barely capable number two. I think you have to assume that the guys you have in house are already that good. And I know right after the draft too, and you kind of just mentioned this a little uh, a bit ago, but I think there was an article, I, I think it was partially with you and maybe it was just kind of PFF focused in general, but you mentioned Packers adding youth to the offense after the draft that they were the most, I think you had them on the most improved uh, receiving group after the draft by drafting Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Dontavian Wicks, and Grant DuBose, um, bringing in all those players during the draft. It does seem like they added some talented players that obviously are going to be able to help them out this season. No, I think so. And I, again, I like the approach they took of double dipping and saying, you know, not just um, let's not just draft one guy because we need a receiver. Let's draft two. Let's draft three. And let's let's maximize the chances that uh, that one of those guys shows shows right away because they don't always do that. Right. Young players don't necessarily come good immediately. And it might take two or three years. But if you have two or three of them, the chances that one of them plays well as a rookie and is immediately good enough to to help. I think is, is increased almost exponentially. Yeah. If they can just get one of those rookies and, you know, if, if one of those second year players can take a significant jump, they're going to be in a much better spot than I think even they were a season ago, even with Lazard and Cobb, but obviously a lot to be uh, a lot remain to be seen there. One of the other things that you guys, you guys have obviously been listing through the course of the off season, um, your different positional groups and where they rank. You guys have the Packers as the eighth best offensive line. This is clearly, you know, we talk about the young pass catchers, the tight ends, the receivers, et cetera, but having a talented offensive line that could play at a high level for Jordan Love would go a long way for his development. The hope is obviously that you have a full season of David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins anchoring that left side. Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr. I think need to do a better job than they did a season ago. I know you guys were high on Zach Tom from last year as well, but thought, thoughts on this Packers offensive line. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, there is there's a little bit of projection in it, definitely. Um, but theoretically, that that axis, if we get a healthy David a healthy David Bakhtiari back, or at least, you know, available David Bakhtiari. I, I don't know if that knee is going to be a chronic thing from now, you know, until the end of his career, but when he's back, he's still playing at an incredibly high level. So simply being there for him would be huge. Zach Tom, I think, played really well when he was moonlighting at left tackle. If he's able to flip that to the right side and, and maintain that level, I think that's massive uh, for them and gives them a, two really good solid pair, uh, bookends with you know, Tom having the flexibility to move sides if Bakhtiari goes down again. Elton Jenkins is good at any position. You plug him in any spot along that offensive line, he's going to be good. If he's out there, it's a good thing for them. And then the other two spots you know, just have to play anything approaching average and that's one of the better offensive lines in the nfl yeah i think so too and obviously that should help the running game which hopefully helps the play action game and just really helps out a young quarterback who's very talented but very inexperienced which brings me to my next question i want to go back in time a little bit i think it caught a lot of people by surprise when jordan was the selection when they ultimately picked him they obviously trade up in the draft to go get jordan love I just want to go back in time. What was your initial impression, A, of Jordan Love in that draft, but then B, when Green Bay made the trade up to go get him, and obviously with Aaron still at quarterback, and your thoughts on that night for Green Bay? Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of Jordan Love as a prospect, um, but I, I tend generally to skew away from those kind of raw, toolsy type of quarterbacks. It's just not you know, it's not my inclination generally. That being said, those guys have had a very good track record recently of working out at the next level. You know, the guys that um, had all the tools but were were quite a way away from being the complete NFL player have had a pretty good track record recently of coming, of putting it all together. Josh right. Allen, you know, Patrick Mahomes couldn't play within the pocket at all at Texas Tech, and now look at him. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, we thought, was a pretty terrible draft pick, and all right, we're still on the fence a little bit, but he's at least he's been better. Yeah, right. He's been a viable starting quarterback, which yep. is an achievement in itself. So those guys have actually had a pretty good track record recently of that. Um, but he did have a lot of work to do. He also had one of those. One thing I've never had a particularly good handle on is when a quarterback is coming into the draft, not coming off their best year. Right. So we expect college progression to be this kind of linear, you know, graph upwards of better, 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 and then hit the NFL. Or even for like nothing, 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 and then, you know, good season, whatever. But you tend to be coming into the league, coming off your best performance. It's very strange when a guy goes in the opposite direction. And there can be reasons for it, but it, it still presents this kind of red flag of why did that happen? You know, why couldn't they overcome that? Why weren't they able to at least maintain the sort of level of before and you know, how's that going to play and all that kind of thing. And Jordan Love was one of those guys where his best season was the year before that. Um, so generally, but I think the bottom of the first round, the top of the second is kind of where you draft guys like that, that have the talent to be, you know, starting quarterbacks, but have some work to do. If it was me, you know, in a perfect world, I would want to be drafting those guys in the second round, but it's unrealistic. They don't make it that far anymore. So you have to take them in the first. Um, as for, when Green Bay drafted him, I mean, my reaction to that was like, I, if, if anyone listens to the PFF NFL podcast, you know, if anyone listens to our stuff generally, my rooting interest is always the funniest thing that could happen. And <laughs> the funniest thing that could happen was Green Bay drafting a quarterback okay. rather than a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
and, you know, motivating him to have the best season he's had in years. So that was my reaction at the time. And honestly, it was still, it still kind of holds. I mean, it was, it was pretty hilarious that rather than find Rogers help, they went and got drafted his successor and basically pissed him off into the best season he's had in years. That is amazing. That is the absolute perfect take. And it's very funny. You and I had basically just based on your, your cliff notes version of your scouting report on Jordan love, almost the exact same scouting report because not, not my cup of tea either normally is the, um, you know, sort of project quarterback that wasn't really, you know, set up for the the system and not really super accurate at times, not coming off his best year. But I, I had, I, at the same token, I'm like, while it's not my cup of tea, you can see all the things there, especially in his, his sophomore season. And I'm like, late first, early second is probably where that type of player goes. And, you know, lo and behold, Green Bay takes some late first. I didn't hate the pick. I think the the question was always going to be the timeline, right? And right. when you do draft one of those quarterbacks, what you're hoping is you can get them cheap on their rookie contract and like the Jalen Hurts, you know, exactly same draft class that you can get them cheap. that can play really well and you can put an amazing team around them. And that timeline with Aaron and Jordan was always going to be very complex because Aaron had such a huge contract. And by the time even you moved on from it, which we've now seen, you've got so much dead cap hits and now Jordan's going to start to get paid where you miss out on the potential of him playing well on his rookie contract. Lo and behold, he wasn't ready anyway, but it's still, it was just an interesting timeline. And now it's all going to be up to Jordan to see if he can handle it. And if he can be the guy moving forward, nobody's going to care that the timeline didn't work out quite perfect. No, absolutely. I mean, if he, if he repeats, if this thing repeats itself, right, this crazy saga that we started off talking about, if Rogers becomes Favre and Jordan Love becomes Rogers, nobody's going to care that they have to pay him, you know, immediately. It's just, they found the next guy and they're great, yeah. but it does the landscape has changed a lot and it's it's this never ending complexity in the NFL which is always fascinating like we always everybody always treats sort of general managers and personnel guys like they're idiots but when you start diving into all these moving pieces and how many plates you need to have spinning at the same time like there's nothing in the game now that is more valuable than an elite quarterback on a rookie contract right yeah but there's also quarterbacks that need time to develop and learn before they can come in and be your starter. Um, and that's before you get to the, the complicating factor of, you know, a guy like Rogers already there and, and his contract sitting there and when he's going to want to walk away and managing sort of his transition out, regardless of the next guy coming in. So that balancing act of how much of this rookie contract are we prepared to give away effectively by having him sit on the bench versus how much time does he need to sit on the bench before he can be the next guy is a difficult thing, right? Like teams are yeah. always going to want to try and push that guy onto the field a little bit early because if he's good, it's a cheat code. Um, yeah. But if that's not what's the best for him, you have to factor that in. And then that itself factors into like where you draft the guy. You know, should you draft him in the middle of the first round if you know he probably can't be on the field for half of that rookie contract? You know, half of that value is gone. So it's, I think the whole personnel um, process in the NFL is immeasurably complex. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think, you know, like the, the fact that they've got so much of this stuff figured out so far ahead of time and what they want to do, like there, there's so much that goes into it. And to me, it's nothing short of impressive. And I do think they, they get a bad rap sometimes because we have the benefit of hindsight. They're trying to make these decisions years in advance for what's going to be good for the, the team in 2025, 2026, et cetera. And that stuff is just so insanely hard and complex to do, especially when we live in a day and age where everything is now, 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 like we want to know if the rookie is good in training camp and we're going to make our judgments based off of that and they're obviously living you know having to live so far into the future as well 
Speaking of the future, I want to transition away from past and what happened with Love and Rodgers to this actual Packers team in 2023. You guys, and specifically you, Sam, have such an amazing pulse on the league as a whole. So dying to ask you this question, what is your overarching impression of this Packers roster and state of the team right now? And what are you expecting from this team in 2023? Yeah, I think they are two very distinct questions, you know, and and I think their roster is good. I, I thought Remember, we rewind a year ago. We were talking about going into last season. This could be the best defense that Aaron Rodgers has ever had, you know. And that was that was the th- the theme that everybody kept talking about. And that just didn't happen at all last season. Yeah. The defense did not play anywhere near its capabilities. But I don't think that means that the everyone was completely off. The talent wasn't there. Like it was a complete figment of everybody's imagination. The roster still has that manpower. Generally speaking, obviously, this turnover. This should have the capability of having a good defense. The offensive line we talked about can be one of the better ones in the league. The young receivers are a big question mark, but we saw a lot from Christian Watson last year. We saw flashes from Dobbs, and I I think he's been doing well in training camp again. Again, I like his projection going into this year. I would imagine one of those young tight ends can show something year one, and certainly they don't necessarily have the highest bar to need to clear to be better than a year ago. So. There's, there's a lot to work with here, but none of it's going to matter if Jordan Love isn't good. You know, if he goes out there and he's one of the worst starters in the NFL, the Packers will stink. Like, that's yeah. just the reality of the game now, where Agreed. if your quarterback is bad, you're bad. Um, equally, if he goes out there and Jordan Love looks, you know, good, if he looks anything like the succession plan that everybody has in mind, like, this team could easily make the playoffs. I mean, they could win the division. Yeah. All the hypes with Detroit. You know, Minnesota's coming off their big win season, but if Green Bay is able to get another good quarterback out of Jordan Love, there's absolutely no reason this team couldn't win the division. I think that's what makes this season so exciting, at least for me, is like it's the complete unknown, right? Aaron Rodgers always talks about beautiful mysteries. This 2023 team is like the ultimate beautiful mystery. If you told me they finished fourth in the division, yep, could see it. First in the division, yep, could see it. Right. Playoffs, no playoffs, like – I don't think they're going to finish last. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but there is a lot of interesting stuff somewhere in between there that they're going to end up. And I have no idea which end of the spectrum it's on. Yeah. And the fascinating thing about love is he's shown like both extremes. You know, he, yeah. he looked awful right out of the gate. And yet last year an incredibly small sample size, he looked great. <laughs> and it's probably not going to be one of those, either of those things, at least somewhere in the middle, but like that opens up a range of outcomes. that is all the way from, you know, one of the worst win records in the league to, Uh, winning the division and being a real force in the NFC. As we look at this team, what's maybe one thing that gives you a great amount of confidence for the Packers in 2023? And maybe what's one thing that just you can't get over? You're like, this is going to be a very hard thing to overcome and maybe gives you that level of pessimism. I mean, I think if that offensive line stays healthy, like that's a great foundation. Like that is a a huge thing. I think the second thing is look where they are. You know, we, we talked about that division could be wide open. The NFC generally is not the AFC. I mean, that's a huge thing. Any team in the NFC is working with a huge advantage from their AFC counterparts. They, there just aren't that many good teams in the NFC. So if you're able to, you know, jump a little bit, if you're able to improve with the quarterback position, it's very, very possible for almost any team in the NFC to be a contender, certainly for a wild card spot in the playoffs, but also, you know, to win the division. So I think that's huge for them. As for, you know, the biggest kind of potential hurdle, the biggest problem, I mean, obviously quarterback is the thing we talked about, but it's, it is that projected growth from that wider, from the receiver group, forget wide receiver, just the co- the collection, receivers, tight ends, all of it. Um, they're young, 
we're projecting growth. You know, there's reason to think that that should happen. But if it doesn't, they're in trouble. I mean, if Christian Watson doesn't repeat what he did down the back end of last season and instead, you know, becomes a sort of one dimensional deep threat with vaguely questionable hands sometimes. Yeah. That's not great. If Romeo Dobbs doesn't improve from last year, and actually he is just a training camp wonder, well, now you basically don't have a viable receiver in the in the house at all. So, you know, it's I, I do think that it should be good, it should be okay, should be fine. But there's absolutely a, a a world or a potential outcome where that group doesn't play the way we think it it should, and that would be a, a real issue. Yeah, I'm right there with you from a pessimism standpoint. I just think there's a lot of volatility, right? First time starting quarterback, so many young players, a defense that underperformed a season ago. And there's kind of like fun or like answers to all of those questions. Like you could have guys be good at like every one of those things, but there's just, they're, they're all question marks. And I'm right there with you on the optimism side as well. I think this offensive line can play much better than they did a season ago with hopefully, fingers crossed, full seasons of David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. And I think a couple of those other guys playing better as well, which I think could go a very long way for this offense as a whole. Before we get you out of here, Sam, a couple other really quick questions. I know, I think uh, if I heard correctly, you're going to be at Packers Bengals practice this week. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we will. The, the joint practices um, in Cincinnati. Yeah. Anything that you're looking forward to watching as you're there, just either side that uh, you're excited to see some live, uh, you know, Packers Bengals action. Yeah. I mean, I, those, those joint scrimmages for any two teams in the league are always fun. Um, are. I, you know, I'll, I definitely want to keep an eye on try and get a, a glimpse of Carl Brooks. He was one of my favorite prospects in the draft, a complete enigma. Um, I'm just fascinated to see him in person, uh, given the kind of player that he is like a 300 pound edge rusher effectively in college. <laughs> who's going to move inside at the next level, who tested terribly. I, I just want to see what that looks like up close and personal. He's had a nice start to camp. He had like three plays yesterday in practice where he burst through the lineup. Granted, it's against number twos, number threes. Right. But he's had a really nice start to camp. He, he's he's defensive lineman number five. He's going to make the team. Um, at least it, I'd be shocked if he didn't. And uh, yeah, he's he's looked good so far. He's, he's definitely been in my players that have been impressive so far. So I'm I mean, with you, though. It's like such an enigma of a player. Yeah, he can play. Like if if he, if he didn't have the tape, he wouldn't like that. Nobody would have touched him in the draft because everything else is so bad or so completely unusual. Like his PFF grade in college was absolutely dominant. He was incredibly productive. It's just that everything from that point on was like a disaster. <laughs> I was, uh, I was a long time ago. I was, I was talking, I forget who it was, but I've talked about this on here in the, the past, but like sometimes with pass rushers and, and those guys that find ways into the backfield, they just have that hunter's mentality of like, it doesn't matter who's across from me. It doesn't matter my size or weight. Like I just, I'm going to find a way to get into the backfield and you can't stop me. And he's just got a little bit of that mentality of just like, I don't care if I'm on the edge, nose tackle, defensive line. If I'm blitzing from somewhere crazy, I don't care what, who I am, who you are. I'm just finding my way into that backfield and you're not going to stop me. It doesn't make sense, but it's really fun to watch. Right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we are amongst friends, Sam. So you can be as harsh as you would like to be or as optimistic as you would like to be. Your gun to your head right now, final prediction on what the Packers would be to finish the season going into this year. I mean, I think they'll end up, you know, in the middle of those range of outcomes somewhere. I think we'll end up, we'll, we'll look at a team that's either side of 500 somewhere, you know, one game, either side. Um, and and Jordan Love is okay. And actually, it's almost the worst possible situation <laughs> because we end up not really knowing. You know, yeah. we see a season of Jordan Love. We saw some amazing things. We saw some bad things. And it shakes out to somewhere in the middle. And now you kind of, well, what is that going forward? Like, is 
Now we need to find this kind of middle class quarterback contract that is very difficult to attain. Um, but it's probably the most likely outcome. Yeah, you're in that you're in Jeff Fisher land at that point. You you'd prefer the A or the F so you know which way to move forward. Right. But- yeah, the, like you said, the C might be the worst thing. So hopefully, hopefully it's not a C. Hopefully they get, if anything, like maybe it's like Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter where they go six and ten, but you see enough promise where you're like, all right, this is going to be the guy. I would, I would gladly sign up for that right now. All right, before we get out of here, Sam, tell me about the wonders of PFF. Anything that you're working on, and anything that you'd like to plug on your way out. No, I mean, just the PFF NFL podcast. We're kind of working right now on, on what the season's going to look like, what our, our show, the cadence, all the bits that we're going to be doing. So, you know, get that wherever you get your podcasts or, or on uh, YouTube. Sam, you guys do amazing work. I love following PFF. Certainly have got my premium subscription and uh, got the podcast in the feed as well. Uh, make sure to follow Sam on Twitter. Uh, is it at PFF underscore Sam? Yeah. Awesome. Yep. At PFF underscore Sam. You can follow uh, our podcast at Packet A Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That's going to do it for Sam and I. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply